A few years ago, we grew and sold a business that forever changed our lives. At first, we really struggled trying to figure out which tools to use to help run and organize our community. But that all changed once we discovered Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part, Kajabi doesn't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So you keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash M-U. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash M-U. Go to kajabi.com slash M-U and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. More and more entrepreneurs and investors are discovering the awesome franchise opportunities that exist across a variety of industries. Franchising can simply be the better path and interest in franchising is at an all time high. Lucky for you, John Austinson, founder of Fran Bridge Consulting and a past Millionaire University guest is here to help you explore the premier franchise opportunities today. John and his Frambridge Consulting team are part of the largest franchise brokerage in the U.S. and have vetted the market thoroughly. Frambridge is hands down the premier source for the best opportunities in the franchise world, including both active and passive opportunities. From tiny homes to youth soccer to industrial hoses to pets, senior care to mental health, and more. John has served as an Inc. 500 franchisor and is a multi-brand franchisee himself. And he does more placements than anyone else in the country. Sign up for a free consultation call with John today or get a free copy of his book, Non-Food Franchising, at franbridgeconsulting.com. That's franbridgeconsulting.com. Available in the U.S. and Canada. In today's class, you are going to learn how to start and run a mobility scooter rental business. Hey, hey, what is going on? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire University Podcast. I hope you're all having a great week. Things have been pretty crazy around here. Today's the last day of school. We're getting pictures taken to list our house in just a few days, and then we'll be listing our house a couple days after that. And it's been wild. We've got a pretty big crew here helping out. And being a Friday, it's kind of like the last day that we have to have these guys here to help. And then the next couple days, we will be doing the finalizations for the pictures on Monday. And woo, doggy. But the show must go on. And let me tell you what, I am pumped about today's episode. So the other day I was listening to this podcast at the gym, which is usually where I listen to a lot of my podcasts. And I heard this guy talking about his mobility scooter rental business. Now, at first I thought he was talking about the scooters that you push yourself on or maybe that you ride like a little motorcycle, one of the kinds that 
Tara and I had when we first started dating and we carried around with us for many years, just got rid of a couple years ago. And then I realized, oh, no, he's talking about those things that you see at amusement parks when people are older or they can't get around that well. I actually recall a time when we went to Disney World a few years ago with Tara's family, and there may have been like four mobility scooters that we were using. I think Tara's sister Amber was pregnant with their cute little boy, and her mom just got knee surgery, and then some of us were just playing out lazy and didn't want to walk. I digress. But when I was hearing him talk about this business and hearing the margins on these things, I was blown away. So I reached out to Lenny and I said, hey, can we hop on a call? I want to talk to you more about this. He agreed. We had a great conversation. He said he'd be happy to come on the podcast and share the step-by-step of how he started and runs his mobility scooter business and teach you guys how you can do the same. But this episode isn't just about mobility scooters, but how there's tons of opportunity in the rental space industry whatever you want to call it you can rent out anything and my mind has been going like gangbusters ever since we had this discussion on all the possibilities of different things that you could rent out and I think this is something that we will be touching on more in the future so I'm excited to kind of kick it off here at the end of our discussion I kind of went into coaching mode because I was kind of like okay what next like what do you want to do now I noticed there was a lot of things Lenny had going on I noticed he was a major action taker but I noticed that he wanted to get to that next level and so I started coaching him and I was going to make it a part of this episode but I feel like it is a standalone episode so what we're going to do is we're going to make the discussion I had with Lenny a two-parter, a twofer, two for the price of one. So basically in this episode, Lenny is going to be teaching us. And then in the next episode, we're going to turn things around and we're going to help him. And you're going to hear me live on the next episode talking to Lenny about how he can get things in his life to that next level, to that multiple six and seven figure income spot. But for now, let's get into how to start your very own mobility scooter rental business or whatever rental business your heart desires. Growing up, I always had a lot of different business ideas, but I never really knew what to do with it. But I was pretty good at selling stuff online. So if I ever had anything laying around the house or anything, I would always sell stuff on eBay. I sold a little bit on Amazon because Amazon was, I think, starting at that point. From that point on, I never really was able to you know, do anything else on my own. I always had a job. I worked in the IT industry for a little bit. I worked some odd jobs. And then I started working for a fashion jewelry company. I never had any interest in fashion jewelry but I needed a job and they hired me. How old were you at that time? Close to 15 years ago. I think when I was about 22, 23 is when I started. Okay. So I got a little bit more familiar with jewelry and how to kind of sell to stores. They would sell to a lot of boutiques and stores like that and a little bit like online and online retailers. So I was kind of learning a little bit, but I didn't Mm -hmm. realize that I had all this like information and knowledge that I could probably use on my own. Eventually, I moved on to another company, a similar company, but they were also doing manufacturing. So they were manufacturing their own jewelry. And Mm. honestly, a couple years into that, I saw that they were selling jewelry online on Amazon, on their own website, on eBay. But I realized, hey, I could probably do this myself. I could probably start selling these same jewelry products myself. Mm-hmm. And this was maybe two years into this job. I found the jewelry pieces. They were very simple, something I could easily make. And I listed them on Amazon and I began selling. So I was very comfortable mm-hmm. listing on Amazon. It was like second nature to me. I got some pictures done. I had them photoshopped like with the white background. I found somebody on Upwork to help me do that. I did the descriptions and I just started selling on Amazon and I started getting sales 
pretty quickly because this was around maybe 2016 when uh, Amazon was a lot easier to get into. And that was kind of my first taste into having my own business. I was still working at this job, but I saw that I was getting sales. It was growing. And I thought of like, hey, maybe I could not have to work anymore and just do this by myself. So that was my first time um, into like the opportunity of being, you know, self-employed, my own like business owner, basically. Were you making the jewelry yourself or did you have someone else doing that for you? So they would always have somebody make putting the jewelry together. And it was very simple stuff. It was like chains and you put like a link on it and you put like a clasp on it. So it kind of was very easy for me. I realized that it's very easy to make. And I just ordered some chain. I ordered some clasps and some uh, like jump rings. And I was able to make it myself. Okay. So like the other employees making it all the time. And I'm like, this is so easy. I can pretty much do it myself. And um, yeah, I just started doing that at home. Awesome. Cool. So that's when you went kind of full-time as an entrepreneur, like about seven years ago in 2016, or was it like- Yeah, it started about 2016 and that was the first time I finally, yeah, transitioned into being my own, uh, on my own and being basically cool. a business owner. Yeah. Good for you, man. Okay. And then yeah. take us from there. Where are we at? What happened from there? So I've been doing Amazon. I still do Amazon. It's great. There's some pros and cons. Throughout that time, I also started selling on Etsy. I also created an e-commerce store, basically. Did, were you selling the same, so selling jewelry on Etsy yeah, and on much. your e-commerce store? Okay. Pretty much. Yeah. It was the same, the same type of jewelry. And over the, over the years, I probably added a few styles. I kind of, you know, researched and found new products to add. So I added a few more. But generally, I've been selling this stuff and I did Etsy and I added all the products on eBay and then have been trying to develop uh, my own e-commerce store as well. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily a business that took off like like crazy, but it was paying the bills and it was growing over time. And I was still doing odd jobs, I think, uh, throughout this time. Um, I actually had a little side window air conditioners installation business mm -hmm. at the time where I would install window air conditioners for people locally. Honestly, I did some valet with a friend of mine. I would do, you know, valet parking. He had a company. Yeah. So, you know, I had to like do cool. different things, but it was always an, a learning experience. And then I would say a few years later, so I would about 2019, I started thinking more about doing other types of businesses. Some of Lenny's friends, including his friend that started the valet company, were talking about different business ideas and they thought, what if we did an equipment rental business together? This is where Lenny first got the idea for his mobility scooter rental business. My girlfriend's mom came into town to visit us and she actually rented one. Mm, okay. Her and her friend. So they rented two scooters and I would be we would be going places and I would be putting it in the back of the Jeep and taking it out for them when we were at like a destination. Mm, but this yeah. was two years before this and I never, I didn't think anything of it. But his friend wasn't so sure it would work. So Lenny decided to go at it on his own. I'll start a website. We'll see. Maybe it's going to be better than you think. So mm -hmm. I kind of took it into my own hands and I kind of got the business right away. Yeah. I sort of understood it. It was very simple. Literally there's like one scooter and that's it. There's not a lot of variation to it. There's not a lot of like, you know, options or anything. All the other companies that I looked at, they all had pretty much the same scooter. So I'm like, it's very easy. I felt comfortable. Like I could create this website very quickly. I could put up a lot of information. It was very intuitive to me. 
it wasn't like a big, huge, like tractor that you were running out or anything. It yeah, was like, like where I had to like learn so much about it. Like how did mm -hmm. it work? Or maybe there's a lot of different tractors or what's the use for it. It's just a mobility scooter. I know what people need it for. I guess I've seen it before. Yeah. Like one plus one equals two. So I'm like, so you I'm saw there was a need. You, you knew there wasn't like too much competition. You saw that, okay, I can get these for this amount and they rent for this amount. Like, I assume that was part of your process. Are you going to go through those numbers? Sure, sure. So, yeah. So, when I had the idea, when I came up with the idea, obviously, I'll go on online and I'll search for, you know, other companies that are doing it. And I saw the scooters that they had, you know, listed and I saw their prices. I saw that there were some people in the area. A lot of them are situated kind of more near theme parks. They do that kind of a business where uh -huh, they do like uh -huh. the daily theme park rental. So I knew there's a demand for it. Generally, the way they do it, and everybody does it differently, there's usually a day rate, and then there's a weekly rate and the monthly rate. And I think once you actually run something, there's probably other fees, you know, like they show one price, but they tack on like a delivery fee and then a pickup fee, and maybe there's taxes, right? And that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But generally, a daily rate looked some, something like $75, maybe, maybe $100 all in. Um, a weekly rate looked like about 200 on average, and the monthly rate would be something like $400. Okay. So that was, I would say, the typical price that I saw from my competitors. When I was starting, I played around with those, with those prices. I listed them on the site. Then I took them off. You know, I didn't put prices on the site. And basically, you know, um, fast forward, I have higher prices. So my personally, my prices are, I would say, on the higher end okay. because that's just what I want to charge for it to be worth my time. So not everybody's going to go for it. Some people are completely okay with it. Some people are like, that's too expensive. And I'm always like very open with them. I'm like, hey, you can probably get a better rate maybe if you find a more um, local vendor because sometimes they, they want me, they call me, but they're far away. Well, obviously the distance is going to make it less likely for me to be interested because that just takes a lot of time. So I'm like, you could probably get a better rate with this person. Um, sometimes I actually give them a name of another vendor that I think, you know, that could help them. I'm completely open. You know, I'm not trying to get every single, single thing, single job basically, but I try to make it worth my time. So I charge prices, I would say on the, on the higher end. Okay. And a lot of people are happy, but I also, you know, try to provide good customer service. I have good scooters. And, you know, people are always, pretty, always happy. Cool. How much did you pay for the scooters? So I bought them used and on average, they're about $500. That's how much I paid okay. for my scooters cool. initially. Yeah. So the RI is, is definitely there. How often are the scooters, like how many, you don't have a ton, right? You just have a few. So this is kind of one of your, you have multiple businesses, right? So this is one of your, yeah, this is a part-time thing for me. How many, how many scooters do you have more or less? Right now I have seven scooters. All together. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's and you have like a little place where you store them? Yeah, I actually have a storage unit in my in my building, in my apartment building. We have storage units that we can sort of rent. So it's perfect. It's right in the parking area, right next to my car. And I have two storage units and I keep basically five in one and then I have two in the other. Awesome. So you have seven um, scooters that you rent out. Mm -hmm. How often are those rented out? Have you figured out like the ROI, like per year, for example, I mean, you spent $500 per scooter. Mm -hmm. Have you figured out like how often those are rented out? 
for the year and how much you're making from each one? Yeah. So on average, I spend about $500 per scooter and the ROI I think is pretty amazing for a rental business because Mm -hmm. I charge about at least $300 for a weekly rental. And a lot of them are around there three to four days to a week to two weeks. So I make my money back within one, two, three rentals, which is I think pretty insane for a rental business. As I said Mm -hmm. earlier, I don't run it as a full-time business. I don't take every job. Like some weeks are more, some weeks are less. Mm -hmm. I kind of pick and choose. And I could have one, two, three rentals a week, sometimes maybe five if it's a little bit busier, but I get a lot more requests than I actually do. So there's always, there's a lot of business, there's a lot of requests, but I don't take all of them. I only take ones that I feel like are, you know, either easy or, you know, I can make a good rate on it or, and stuff like that. Sure. But on average, I would say, you know, three, four uh, rentals per week at this time. Cool. A part- so if someone wants a scooter for 70, either for one day and you have to travel an hour and a half, Obviously, that's just exactly. It's probably just not worth your time exactly. with the gas and your time. It's two hours and gas, and you're like, I'm like breaking even basically. Exactly. So I, I can sell more jewelry or whatever. Right. Are you still selling jewelry? Yeah, so that's I'm a, still doing that. Yeah. Okay, cool. I would say that's yeah, my yeah. primary. Okay. But yeah, exactly like you said, I try not to do one day rentals because the work is the same if I do a one week rental. But yeah, I can't. unless it's really close by, then it might exactly might be worth. Then it. I could do it, and because you can't charge that much for a day. You can charge, yeah. you know, a good amount for a week, for four days, for two weeks, but you, you you can't just like make it worth your time and charge crazy money just for the day. That's nobody's going to do it. And that's too much. You know what I mean? Let's talk a little more about how you get these customers. Like, are you doing pay-per-click to get these customers or are you just organically getting them? Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash MU, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash MU to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash MU. So I'm all organic pretty much um since the beginning i've tried ads just to kind of test out the market just to see if i'm getting mm-hmm. i can get more more um requests that way and it, yes i if i did ads i could get even more but for the most part i'm not driving any um ad to my business it's all organic and i would say it's it's enough for me right now for like as a side business yeah so you put up a website um and did you do any SEO work on that or it's just kind of in demand and it's kind of niche. So there's not like a ton. So you pop up when people do the search. Am I 
I'm not like an SEO expert. Yeah. I'm just trying to get an idea. Yeah, I think it's both. So I, I've never been an SEO expert. When I started that website, that business, I knew even less. I didn't really know much at all. I started the website. I looked at some of my competitors. I don't think there were that many competitors, although there are there are some. It's not very saturated. Mm-hmm. And their websites are kind of like old school, outdated. So yeah. I created a website that I thought just looked a lot more modern. I put up as much information as I could on it, just extra pages, frequently asked questions, pictures of the scooters. Um, I listed all the kind of like where you can go with the scooters, kind of like sites Mm. to see, right? Attractions, just put more information. And I, the only SEO that I knew was just fill out the stuff that they asked you in the back end. So I used GoDaddy uh, website builder. I just filled out what I thought made sense. And, you know, on every page when I was building it, and it's very easy for me to use. I think GoDaddy website builder is pretty easy for this type of business for like an informational okay. service business. And that's pretty much it. And then I opened up a Google My Business page, which I would say is pretty important. So it's to get your business basically listed on Google, Google Maps. So when somebody searches for a local service, a local business, your your business will come up on Google Maps. So that's a good way to be found. And other than do you, do you try to get reviews from people? Yeah, I did to help. Okay, so yeah, pretty much everyone just reach out and say, "Hey, can you leave me a review?" If they exactly. Have experience. That's, that's probably the number one thing. Yes, you always want to be sourcing reviews. Um, I think I, I don't know for sure, but I think that helps a lot. That'll probably help you rank, and of course, give you credibility for other customers. They want to see good reviews, so that was that's probably the number one thing. So I had the website. I made it as nice as I could. I had the Google My Business page. How long did it take you to make, build the website? I mean, I probably got it up within a few hours, but then I was polishing it up. And maybe within a hmm. few days, I probably had a final product. I'm sure I polished it up over time. but Over time, yeah. Yeah, okay. it was it was pretty quick. With, within a day, I think I had a workable, workable website, I would say. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So GoDaddy website builder, then you created a Google My Business account. How would someone do that? They just, for okay. we're talking to my 17-year-old son here mm-hmm. who has never started a business. But he's, you know, he knows how to use Google, basically. Right. You know, he's 17. What does he do to create a Google My Business? Yeah. So the way I did it, just go on Google, search Google My Business. You'll get the first result will be their Google My Business sort of, you know, web page. You go on that and you, I, since I did it a long time ago, I don't remember exactly what you click, but I'm sure it's very, very obvious. You either claim a business or you create a new business. So your okay. business is already somewhere online. They might already have a record of it and you just click claim and you just click a few things and then it creates the profile for you or you just create your own profile. You put in your business name, your information, like phone number, email, you can put an address. For me, it's not an address that people can visit. So you can hide that. You're basically a mobile only service. Okay. So that's kind of what I was wondering. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to show your address, but I believe you have to have it there because they want to verify you. And this is how they did it before. They send you a postcard to your actual address. You have to put in a code and then you're finally verified and your business is going to start showing up on Google and Google Maps specifically. That's my understanding too, is they send you a postcard. Mm -hmm. So you get... How long does it take? A couple days to get the postcard, so it might take you a few days. Like five days. Get your you know. Google My Business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
but get get your website going mm-hmm. and then while you're waiting you know build your website while you're waiting for the postcard type thing right yeah. uh, or do google my business wait for the postcard get your website going okay yep cool and um yeah and on google my business there's a lot of uh not a lot but you can put information in a business description you could add pictures you of course all your business information so you want to fill that out as much as possible um put a, as much okay. information there pictures like you can do little updates and stuff and uh that's gonna make you that's gonna give you the best chance to to rank if you have all that information filled out cool now something you did now 500 bucks isn't like a huge investment and worst case scenario you can go sell it again for 500 bucks right so you don't really lose anything but you actually put up the website first to make sure there was demand to to kind of see what kind of results you got and then you went and bought the scooters right exactly so if someone's getting a more expensive piece of equipment they could slap some, put something up, see what kind of results they get to test it out first if, if they want to, right? So. Yeah. So that was my whole my whole thing. And some people think it's like a revolutionary idea. I think it's very obvious. Um, I put up the site to basically make it seem like a legitimate business just to see if there's demand. Like, why would I invest in equipment, invest in, you know, building maybe a very high-end site or anything like that, right? Any investment that goes into creating a business when I could just create a business, uh, a website, and then see if there's actually demand and if I want to do it. Because when customers start messaging you, you don't know exactly what they want. Maybe they want this type of scooter. Maybe they want only one-day rentals, right? Maybe they want long-term rentals. Maybe they want five scooters at a time. So that's going to give you an idea of, okay, how do I start? Am I going to make the money that I want to make? Am I going to want to do the operations of this business? Is this something Mm -hmm. that I want to do day to day? And that's what you're going to learn. And that's exactly what I did. And that's what I would say anybody should do. And you don't have to take any jobs. You just say that you're unavailable. You don't have the equipment. You're booked. Mm -hmm. Very simple. um, Very easy. And that's how you want to just see if you have demand. And that's how I started it. Or you could literally, like if they're coming tomorrow, you could go buy a scooter that day. That's kind of, yeah. I was thinking about that for sure. Yeah. If you line it up, you know where to get it. You could book the job as long as you know you could get that scooter. And um, once you're ready, you just, uh, you go and do it. Awesome. Yeah. So now I think you're going to get into like compressors or something like that. Is, is that kind of the next? So recently um, I, I'm getting into uh, generators actually. Generators. I'm generators. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So that's a new business that I'm actually partnered up with this same friend of mine. Um, mm-hmm. So he has his valet company. He's working on some other stuff and um, I've been doing my scooters. And then we kind of decided to get into uh, generators as a higher ticket item, something that's next level. So that's what we're working on right now. It's Are you doing that together to kind of help with the investment and stuff like that, like the upfront cost? Partly, we just decided to work together on this one um, because I think he's great at what he does. He knows a lot of things. I think I bring stuff to the table and it is a little bit more of an investment, more high cost. He has a truck that we need. So it kind of just like works together. Cool. And uh, we just decided to do it together, yeah. Awesome. He has some business experience. You're like, hey, I can learn some things. Maybe I can, we can just work together and grow this and it'd be kind of fun. Exactly. Um, okay. Awesome. So for anyone who wants to start a rental equipment business, essentially pick something that you think might work and any, let, let's maybe brainstorm a few ideas. Yeah. Like what are some, just to get people's minds going, what, what are some rental businesses that you've seen or rental businesses that maybe you've thought of that people could 
think about and try sure. out. I'll share some good ideas right now. Um, and I think you want to, you never know for sure. So there's a few things you want to look for. Um, location matters a lot. So if you're in a big city, mm. touristy city, that's good for some things. Um, if you're maybe in a quieter city or not so touristy, that's good for other things. That's one. Two, seasonality. Um, the weather matters. If it rains a lot, like for example, if I had scooters, rain and cold weather would not be great for that. Yeah. Right? Since okay. I'm in a that's warm, a sunny point. climate, people are always outside. That's good for that. Um, so that's one. And then you should always go online and always do some keyword research. See if people are actually searching for stuff in your area. So whichever way you come up with ideas, go search that like generator rentals, Los Angeles, right? For you, your experience doing this, but to someone who has never done keyword research, what's the like one minute summary and how to sure. do that? I'm not an expert, but I go on Google Keyword Planner. It's basically Google's keyword research tool. You go on it. It's like googlekeywordplanner.com. I just Google it and then- Or I just look up Google yeah, Keyword Planner and then it it'll take you to a site. Yeah, and okay. you go on it and you can put in a keyword and it basically spits out um, the search volume for it. And you can narrow it down by, by basically area, by location. And sometimes it gives you ideas. So if you put in equipment rentals, it'll also give you other similar ideas. So it'll mm, start awesome. telling you like party rentals and table rentals and chair rentals. So it might give you other ideas. So you want to search, um, you want to go on Google Keyword Planner and kind of see if you're getting some, some um, search volume for this piece of equipment. However, um, don't rely on it 100% because you never know. The best thing to do is to find something that you're interested in and actually try it out and start it because you never know how people are searching for this product and you never know if it's actually going to start taking off or not. So the best thing to do is to try it. You can get an idea by kind of analyzing the keyword volume, but the best thing to do is if you want to try it out, to try it out. Cool. So um, I think we were talking about some ideas. Uh, there's all sorts of stuff. And again, it really depends on location and you know how dense your city is maybe. I'll give you a few that I actually kind of tried before. Um, one of them is pressure washers. Okay. Uh, pressure washers I thought was a pretty interesting thing. You can, usually it's a service where you hire the person to do it, but sometimes people mm -hmm. wanna rent that um, equipment to do whatever pressure pressure washing they wanna do. Another thing is balloon lights or all kinds of lights, but I try mm. to narrow it down to more of a one, two, three products, not where you have a ton of stuff. Yeah. So balloon lights are basically these area lights, right? Like floodlights. So if you want to have them at a event, at a party, they use them on film sets. They sort of light up the whole environment. That was another idea. Okay. I know another one that's kind of interesting is marquee letters. So those are those big mm. letters you, you see in the back of like maybe weddings or like, let's say it says just married or happy, you know, Mr. And Mrs. Or maybe like graduation 2024, those really big letters. Sometimes they light up, they're like in the background. That's pretty interesting to me. And, you know, again, it really depends on what. And I think you said just buy the letters that you need, right? Like exactly. If you're like people want just married, go buy those ones. Yeah. And then you have pretty soon you have like the whole alphabet or maybe a couple extra of the letters that are more popular, right? Exactly. I would do the website if I got somebody that I wanted to book. They're like, okay, I want just married. I would make sure that I can go buy them because you don't want to like last minute be like, where do I find these things? They're not always like available, but make sure you have one, two, three vendors, right? That you can go to um, like as a backup. And then, yeah, they want just married. Just get those. And then the next time you get something else and you probably already have some of the letters, 
and you just add a few more letters and just go go like that don't get like a bunch of stuff and like you know all that so awesome yeah all right any other ideas scissor lifts i think are always in demand you never know it really depends on where you are and you know the customers around you forklifts but again some of these things are very expensive to get into some of these things are very like forklifts you kind of need like almost like a semi truck to transport yeah, uh, yeah. Like 18 wheeler like you need something serious to transport it you can't just do it like on a car maybe with a pickup again i don't know for sure they're very heavy same thing with scissor lifts you need a trailer you can rent out trailers i think the best thing is to find something very unique that's not necessarily very known like it could be literally something very like specific like a specific mm-hmm. type of microphone even just as an mm-hmm. example it's not a good example but oh, you know very unique, very niche. You're not going to necessarily get a bunch of people hitting you up, but you might just be in that niche and you'll be the go-to person for that. And eventually over time, you just might get enough repeat business from the same customers to make it worthwhile to just- I love it. That. Do some keyword research, try to think of some of your own ideas, build a website, whether you use GoDaddy website builder or, or whatever. That's the one I use. That's the one I like. Keep it simple. Anything else. Yep. Do a Google My Business. Call the Google My Business page or what would you call it a google my business google my business listing they might have changed the name now but it'll okay. come up as a google my business listing yeah and then yeah put it out there and i love it man and then just grow as you go right either yeah. expand or if something's not really your deal you can sell it for the same price if you bought it used you can sell it and there exactly. you go so. That was my whole thing when i bought my first few uh, scooters i was like if i want to start i'll start if i don't i can always resell it um, cool. pretty much make my money back or more. So the ROI on the list though is, is insane. It's just a matter of making sure it's worth your time and you have the demand and all that. So I love it, Lenny. Yeah. That's really cool. And that my friends is how you start and grow a mobility scooter rental business. I don't know about you guys, but my head is spinning. How about you, Tara? Wasn't that awesome? <laughs> Tara's in here painting as painting, <laughs> painting my closet <laughs> as I'm recording this, but I'm just, there are so many different things that you can have a rental business on. I'm looking at this mixer here. I'm thinking of like really like nice like cameras you could get. And the cool thing is think about the things that you want and then buy those things and rent them out and then they'll pay for themselves and then you can own them. Yeah, yeah, isn't that cool, Tara? That is cool. I'm thinking of so many things I don't want to buy and own. Boo, buzz kill, get, get off my show. Get out of here, get out of here. Don't listen to her, guys. She's just jealous because we're going to have lots of really cool stuff for our rental business. We're going to make lots of money and it's going to be amazing. So think about all the different things that you could have a rental business on. And I'm thinking of a lot of things that you can combine that are kind of in the same niche, the same area, so that when people want one thing, they might want a bunch of different things. And then we're going to have a warehouse and it's going to be great, Tara. You pumped? Let's do this. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so like I said, after talking to Lenny, we kind of got into some coaching. So in the next episode, that's what you're going to hear. Lenny is amazing. He is an action taker, but he's got so much stuff going on and he wants to go to the next level. And to me, it's pretty clear what's holding him back. Well, not perfectly clear. It takes time to work through these things. 
but I can see some very obvious things that he needs to do so that he can get to that high six and seven figure level. And we kind of get into that in the next episode. So don't miss that. It's going to be good. I'll be talking through Lenny, but to you and your mama too. In the meantime, keep making it happen one day at a time. What is the most important thing you can do today that will help you grow your business? Do that thing. And if you like this podcast, please share it with a friend. It's really easy on your device. Just go and there's a share option. Text it to your friend. They can check it out. We really appreciate the support. If you have left, leave us a review. We'll take that too, because we love you. Do, do, do. That was Terry's line. I stole it. All right. I gotta go. Next time you hear my voice, we will have our house listed. Hopefully someone buys it. Woo! 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 All right. Any final words, Tara? Uh, just back to Peyton. Okay. She's got lots of good things to say, folks. Lots of good things. And with that, we will see you next time on the Millionaire University Podcast. Class dismissed. Hey, Eric Fisher here, and if you love the conversations and lessons happening on this show, and you've heard my voice before, you'll love my show, Beyond the To-Do List. It's a podcast about productivity and getting things done in all the areas where we wear multiple hats and roles, but also about the true meaning of productivity, living a more meaningful life. Look, you've got a never-ending to-do list, but add this podcast to your to-do list and it will help you tackle the rest. Go right now, wherever you're listening to this, and search Beyond the To-Do List and hit follow or subscribe. Start listening and get that boost for your productivity that you've been needing. Again, that's beyond the to-do list. Search in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.